Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 14 of the Spider Scoop podcast. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg, with ESPN Richmond, rejoined by my co-host. He's a struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, but more importantly, he writes about the Spiders for A10 Talk, and that's Austin Daisy. Today, we had on an awesome guest that's associate head coach of the Richmond Spiders, Marcus Jenkins had an absolute blast with this one talking everything Spiders basketball from recruiting to guys getting back on campus, COVID adjustments, scheduling this fall, and, and really everything. It's, we had so much fun. Um, also, special shout out to uh, my buddy Andy Goffin, correctly guessed, uh, guessed my question on Twitter. I said whoever can, uh, can guess what car I qu- crashed this last spring gets a special shout out in the show. Uh, Andy, you were correct. I did in fact crash the Nissan, so props to you um if you guys like what you're hearing please uh go subscribe and uh give us a review on itunes little five star action right there would be much appreciated i'm really excited to have this revamped as you all know we've kind of rebranded new rss feed new logo um hoping to put up uh, some of the old episodes uh over the next few months onto this new rss feed so keep an eye out for that um so without further ado marcus jenkins Marcus, thank you for uh, hopping on the Spider Scoop podcast today, man. How are you doing? How's your summer been? Everything going well? Yeah, going well. Appreciate you guys having me. Um, can't complain too much other than, you know, uh, what everybody's complaining about. Uh, so actually had a, a daughter a few weeks ago. So oh, my, congratulations. my world is, is, uh, has changed for the better. Um, but yeah, family's doing well. Um, we got the guys back on campus. So that's that's going well. So I uh, really can't complain at the moment. Yeah. Crazy times to uh, have a, have a kid these days, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This was my third. So luckily uh, you know, it was, it wasn't our first rodeo. Otherwise yeah. I think that would have been, been really scary, but uh, yeah, my wife's doing well. Our daughter Madeline, she's doing great. So uh, that's awesome. All is well. Yeah. And I also, of course, double congratulations because uh, you and Steve Thomas also were both named uh, top five assistant coaches in the A-10 by a uh, stadium poll. Yeah, actually, Rob Jones. Rob Jones, oh, excuse me, my mistake. Yeah, you, you in my book, Steve Thomas is top five as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got <laughs> yeah, it. You no, guys, I mean, uh, we, we got we got an incredible staff. And uh, Rob's Rob's one of those guys. He's been in the league for so long. Um, he really should have more notoriety uh, than than what he than what he gets. Um, he, he's not a big. I, I don't really think any of us are. You know, a big self promoter or like a big uh, Twitter guy. Which um, in this in this business, you know, sometimes that that helps you. So uh, I, I think it's it's definitely um, you know great for for him to be noticed like that. And and then you know Steve as as well. Man, he came on couple years back and moved up to assistant last year and and uh he's really hit the ground running so you know love the staff happy to be back back in yeah. the office a little bit yeah both very well deserving you know of course like you said rob i mean i remember you know my freshman year as a new guy on campus you know i just started writing about the team i i may have still been with the collegian i don't even know if i was with espn at that point and i was doing a story for my class on international recruiting so you guys obviously you know mm-hmm. andre had came in and yeah. I mean, Rob immediately, you know, responded to my email and sat down and I mean, I, I was probably in his office for an hour and a half and probably 30 minutes of it was about my paper. We we're just sitting there. We we're talking about rugby, everything. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the quote um, in that that top five article or whatever was from Coach Mooney he said, it's the, the hardest working guy I know. And that's like, that's so true. And your your story, uh, I believe every bit of it, like, that's just how he is. He responds to every single email. He makes time for everything and everyone. And, uh, you know, such a, a gracious guy. It's been, it's been great to work with him. Yeah. So uh, speaking of emails and stuff, you know, how's the, uh, the virtual off season been, you know, we're doing this call over zoom and everything. I'm sure you've had uh, plenty of these calls recently. Yeah. I know my way around zoom, uh, like everybody now. Um, it, it's, it's different, you know, I think you just got to kind of make do, um, We've been pleasantly surprised with uh, recruiting over Zoom. You know, um, we think that getting players and their families on campus is our 
biggest sell, you know, after we've kind of developed the relationship and everything. And so now to uh, have to transfer that and, and, you know, kind of virtually show them everything through pictures and videos and, and you know, get to know them um, through Zoom is certainly different. But um, it's worked out well for us here recently. So no complaints uh, whatsoever. Um, but it, it's just the, the best thing was just getting the guys back on campus last week and being able to, um, you know, see them, you know, uh, of course, socially distanced and, and with masks, but just to see them and be back around with around them and, you know, have a have a, um, you know, a, a six foot away face to face conversation was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I do want to get into some of that recruiting with you with what we can talk about. Um, you know, of course, you know, you guys are bringing back a very experienced team this year, returning everybody. And obviously Connor's coming in, who's been with the team last year, but you've got three freshmen coming in too. You know, mm -hmm. especially when you look at, you know, with a, whether you want to call it a limited or a delayed, whatever you want to call it with this off season, you know, it's not a normal off season and whether the season's delayed or not, you know, how beneficial is it both for your team and also specifically those three freshmen to be able to come in with such an experienced group with strong leadership with already chemistry really built? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So the the abbreviated off season is um bad for the freshmen, <laughs> but um it's it's okay for our team, you know, and, and we might be, you know, we're one of a few teams in the country we think where um you know, we're we're so senior heavy and we're we're such a veteran team that we could start playing once we're in shape in a week or two and um you know probably not miss too many beats so in, in that way um the abbreviated summer it isn't really hurting us we we don't think now for the freshmen you know college is a lot you know college basketball is a lot uh the the academics especially at richmond are a lot um everything that they signed up for uh but when you are actually doing it i mean no you know you know the the curriculum's no joke at richmond sure. and all of a sudden you've got um you know a few coaches that are no longer recruiting you and are coaching you <laughs> in in workouts and in practice things start to change and, and things become a little a little tougher so um you know maybe this will allow that freshman wall not to show up as soon um I don't know. The three guys are are great players, and uh, I, I think they'll handle it all well. Um, but as a team, we're not really we're not worried about uh, the shortened schedule or or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I actually, you know, our friends over on the uh, the Hey Ten podcast had on a uh, Dr. Don John Giannini, former uh, A Ten coach, of course, and you know he he actually kind of commented he thinks it could be an advantage for a team like you guys, like Richmond, where you know, he's commented in his experience that, you know, sometimes you get these older experienced teams that already have that chemistry built and really don't need yeah. a, a really hardcore summer. And some of these teams will go in and, you know, they're excited to get back on campus and these older teams will almost go too hard and, and burn yeah. themselves out. Do you think that can almost help you guys by not really allowing you to do that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I think there is, there's certainly um, too much basketball. You know, that can be played or practiced or, or you know, workout or whatever it might be. Like, you, you want to be peaking at the right time. And, and I think we nailed it last season, uh, you know, before coronavirus cut everything short. I think we nailed it, you know, having won nine of our last ten and playing what we thought was our best basketball uh, right before we got to Brooklyn. Mm. Um, so that, that's the strategy, right? You know, you, you don't want to experience that burnout too early. Uh, you want to peak at the right time. And so you start planning for that now, you know, and, and the summer comes into play, what you do in the fall and, and the practices, how hard those are. And, you know, seniors, they, they don't need as much practice. You know, it's all about fine tuning and uh, just kind of, you know, um, smoothing some things out. And uh, you might be able, you can put in plays easier and, and more quickly. Um, you can do more situations because the guys have been in so many real situations. So it's really just about fine tuning uh, with this team. Um, of course, we want to catch the freshmen up to speed because those guys are talented and, and we think could help us. But, you know, as far as like the five starters and even uh, Tyler Burton, for instance, coming back, like having played so much as a freshman and, and just being in those situations, he's light years ahead of where he, where he, was coming in as as a young guy so 
you know, we're, we're so fortunate to have an old team and, and uh, Dr. Giannini's right. Like um, it's going to, we hope we, it's really going to help us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we've, we kind of have touched on a lot in this podcast, you know, I was really big on Tyler coming in last year and, you know, kind of, as you've said, you know, I thought he was someone, he was kind of an under-recruited, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, found that gem with him. Is, is this a year you could see him really having a breakout? We really saw it, you know, in flashes last year, he'd have a game he'd play, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minutes. He had that George Mason game where he really broke out. Um, can yep. you really see him hitting it this year, like more consistently? Yeah, I, I, I really can. And we, we talk about it a lot. Like he's probably, you, you know, it, it's close. We've, we've got some really, really good players, obviously. Right. And, and Jacob and Blake and Grant and, you know, multiple all league guys, Nick, uh, but as far as raw talent and length and things that work well on the basketball court, Tyler, he, he might be our best one. Um, the thing is, it, it just it, it doesn't click for him the way it does for it, – it's not even fair to compare him to, to Gilliard. Like, you know, Jacob sees the game, uh, you know, four or five steps ahead. And if it does start clicking for Tyler – uh, which for a lot of guys it, it it does around that you know middle of their sophomore year, um, he could be scary, really really scary. And the fact that we've just got we were such an old team last year and we've got everybody back, um, that was you know the reasons for for his minutes. But I could see him making it really hard for us to keep him off the court. Not that we're yeah. <laughs> not that we're trying to, but it's like he's just he's he's so talented and such a good kid. Uh, I, I think that George Mason game that you brought up is the perfect example. Like, um, you know, a road game, he doesn't even truly understand the magnitude of that game, um, but just kind of plays and shots go in for him. He comes up with rebounds. Uh, he, he does the little things. He plays hard, super athletic. So, yeah, uh, a long answer to your to your question. Uh, but I think we agree, like, yeah, he's going to, He's going to play a ton. He's going to help us win uh, a bunch throughout his career. Yeah, yeah Noah, definitely. I'm sorry. Noah and myself have uh, been on this podcast kind of talking about how, yeah, we kind of have the starting five we had this year, but they're not going to make it easy for especially all the coaching staff with kind of tinker with things because, like you were yeah. talking about, Tyler Burton hits that stride. It's going to be tough to – it's a good problem to have to worry about right. who's your starting five like that. But Tyler is a guy that, like you said, super athletic. I could – I think most people could see him finding a way to sneak in the start in five, a couple games. So we've talked about the rotations and how things might work. So we are excited to see with just the depth this team has, especially like the senior heavy and just the depth of the bench. So no question. Yeah, that, that's certainly, that's, that's exciting. That's probably the most exciting thing to us. Like this is, you know, I was around for the sweet 16 team in 2011 and even 2010, we had a super talented team. Um, and those guys, it's hard to compare. Like 2011, they put it together. Like they, they went to the Sweet 16. They made that happen. But, you know, I, I would say one through 13 with this team, like this is the most talented Richmond roster that we've had. Yeah, and like you said, that you could probably say that before adding four new guys onto the team. And you're now right. bringing back probably the, one of the best teams this Richmond's ever had, and you're adding – a redshirt sophomore and three freshmen, including your highest rated freshman ever. So like right. Austin said, it's a good problem to have, but it's you know, great. it's practice, practice should be fun. Practice yeah, should be competitive and uh, guys going at each other, um, which only makes, you know, our, our team better when there's that real, uh, you know, competition and, and aggressiveness in practice. So um, yeah, we're, we're certainly look forward to getting going that way. Mm. So as we talk about some of these new guys coming in, obviously Connor, who's been with the team for a year, it's going to be his first year playing. But, you know, I, Jamon Bailey obviously was a, a newer, more recent kind of later, later commit you guys got. So I think, you know, a lot of people know a lot about Isaiah and Andre Weir. It's, there's pretty obvious comparisons. You know, people have kind of pegged Isaiah to be the next Gilly. He's going to kind of go under his wing. Andre, you know, obviously a different player than Grant, but he's a big man. He's obviously going to learn a lot from him. Maybe they're going to do a lot of similar things. Is there, a, is there a good comparison for Jamon Bailey on this team where you can see him doing similar things? Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the kind of player you're expecting him to be uh, in his time here? Yeah, yeah. So he, he um, that, that's a good question because there, there isn't a direct comparison, which is, I think, good. Like he's, 
he's an extremely unique player and, and we feel so fortunate um you know for the you know the situation was unfortunate at wake forest but ended ended up uh being good for us um and he's the type of player that we don't we can't always get involved with right right out of high school right so yeah. you know he's he plays at a high level plays for a good aau team he um you know starts to get offers that are a little bit higher than us some of those guys we can stay involved with uh you know like isaiah for instance but some of them we can't and that's just kind of the the nature of the of the business and so for us to kind of get him on the rebound um was was pretty incredible and he i would say he's probably most similar to uh maybe tyler um burden um he's got some sneaky athleticism uh yeah tyler's kind of punches you in the face with his athleticism you see it right away jai is a little bit more uh sneaky with his but it's in there he's long um in that way um he can do a little bit of everything like for his high school team he played one through five he would bring the ball up made decisions uh great passer could shoot so everything that we he's kind of the quintessential richmond player you know we we want skilled guys that can do a little bit of everything um and we feel like we've got a bunch of those guys walking around on the team right now and and connor crabtree is similar actually that might be another pretty good comparison him and Tyler and Crabtree they're just long six five to six seven guys that can that can do a little bit of everything um so they they're hard to defend can play multiple positions in our offense and uh yeah looking forward to to, to seeing to seeing what Jai can do yeah it's definitely since um so since you guys have been back on campus obviously Connor's working his way through rehab started dunking uh how's he looking now that you've got to uh, see him in person yeah, yeah, he looks great. So we we actually only right now uh, we're doing, you know, workouts with our strength coach. So yep. uh, everybody's been up uh, early in the morning and, and out on the uh, the football field and just kind of doing some, um, you know, some some drills and stuff with our strength coach getting getting moving. We want to make sure that everybody's in shape. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they were all at home for so long. It was such an abnormal amount of time to be away. And even though they were able to to work out and do some stuff on their own, it, it wasn't, we weren't controlling it. Right. So yeah. want to make sure that everybody's just kind of up to speed and um, yeah, he, he, he looks good. It's, it's really nice just to see him um, move after a, kind of all that he's been through and he's out there with a smile on his face the whole time. I, I think he's the most excited to be able to, uh, you know, get in the gym and he's dunking again and, and just, kind of be out on, uh, not on the court yet, but out on the field uh, with his teammates and, and getting back. Yeah, yeah definitely. Of doing workouts outside, especially in this Richmond heat, this probably yeah. will be the most conditioned these guys have ever been in their lives. So hopefully, <laughs> yeah, y'all are out there. I'm sure it's miserable with the humidity, but right. it's only getting them better. So hopefully yeah. I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at everything nowadays with a positive side. So yep. yeah, yeah. here. I, I what, yeah, Austin, you're right. Like, but I think we could have we could have said, hey, we're doing uh, you know tire flips in the parking lot, uh, you know, for an hour. The guys would have just been they're just excited to be back, and you know they of course want to be in the gym. Um, but we got you know we got to take the proper the proper steps and follow the protocol uh, to get back in there. But we could have had them doing just about anything. But the fact that they're back together. Uh, I think has them excited and we're trying to go early enough in the morning that they can beat a little bit of the heat. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's, the temperatures are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that today. I was registering my, uh, my move in time slot and I was thinking, I was like, Ooh, I might want that one o'clock time slot. I'm not trying to wake up early, but that you, you can't, you cannot move furniture in a mask in Richmond in August at one o'clock yeah, in the afternoon. No. It can't be done. No. No, um, no. So I think, you know, we don't want to be all doom and gloom. This isn't all we're going to talk about, but I think we'd be, you know, blissfully ignorant if we didn't address, you know, the changes COVID is making. Um, you know, how has it been different? Like you said, you guys have been working out a lot outside. Um, obviously, you know, I, I think Connor said they're just in singles right now. They're not living with roommates. Mm -hmm. um, how have things been different so far with, you know, some of those protocols and guidelines uh, so far? Yeah, it, I mean, it's certainly been a change uh but richmond's done a, a fantastic job just kind of having everything ready for the team to come back 
Um, they spent a ton of money uh, in terms of PPE and uh, just having everything sanitized and rooms wiped down. And, uh, you know, they've got foot pulls on doors so that handles don't have to be touched. And so they, they really went, um, I won't say above and beyond, but they, they took all the necessary precautions for our guys and our staff. Uh, for everyone to kind of feel safe back on on campus and around each other. But yeah, it's different. You know, uh, when we do start coming into the gym, there's going to be, you know, a temperature check at at every entrance point. Um, so multiple times a, a day, uh, you know, they're going to just have their, their symptoms either checked through their temperature or a form that they're going to have to fill out just to make sure everything's on the up and up and everybody feels good. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's all with the goal of getting back to workouts and basketball and everything. So no matter what they, they throw at us, we know it's, it's, you know, for the right reasons and they're all precautionary and, uh, the end result is going to be, uh, back to some normalcy playing basketball. So, um, they, it's all good. Yeah. So do you have, you know, you know, I just kind of what happens, you know, does someone get it? Cause you know, obviously we've seen you know, Louisville had a couple positive tests. They had to shut it down. You know, like you said, you just had a kid, you know, you have young children, um, you know, you obviously have to worry about bringing that home. You know, are you a little bit, you know, are you nervous about that? You know, how does that, what happens should someone test positive? Yeah, of course. I, I think, you know, everybody is to, to differing uh, degrees, but um, yeah, I mean, we can't create the NBA bubble, right. Or even the TBT bubble. So we're, we're trying to do our best, but it's really going to come down to each individual taking the right uh, precautionary steps and whether it's, you know, wearing a mask or, uh, you know, staying um, socially distanced or, you know, not going out to eat all the time, whatever it, whatever it might be, everybody's got to kind of do their part. So um we luckily we've got a great medical staff. We got a great training staff, and uh, if anyone were to, to you know to test positive, they would handle all of that in terms of uh, isolating them or quarantining them. Um, so all that stuff is is in place. And you might have even seen some of the emails that the university is taking with the uh, you know the modular units they're bringing in for um, uh, when the, the, the regular colors, I think. comes back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, that that. It is good. Like the university is is making us all feel uh, better just about being around and knowing that if anything were to happen, um, the, the the procedures are in place to uh, to you know keep everyone safe. Yeah, I think you had an interesting point too about you know we you can't do the TBT or the NBA bubble, and I think college basketball kind of has a lot of advantages and also a lot of disadvantages in this whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. time is certainly on your side compared to college football. And not yeah. only that, but like you said, you know, there's a lot of examples of sports that are restarting that, you know, college basketball can kind of watch and learn and see how they do. But at the same time, you know, you, you can't do a bubble. These kids aren't professional athletes. They're college students. They are on the campus with, you know, what with Richmond's one of the 3,800 other students, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as a coach, what are, you know, we've heard a lot of ideas floated around, whether it's delay the season, um, no fans, delay the season to January and do the whole thing delayed or just do a conference schedule. Um, what do you think about, you know, some different options that have been floated, some realistic, some not? Um, what do you think about all those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a ton out there. And I think there's so many because no one truly knows, right? Like that. And that's kind of the thing that we've all been facing is like the the unknown, like, how long is this going to last? You know, the thing we're, we're, or I'm personally dealing with right now in my household is school coming back. Like, are we going to send, send my kids to school? And so um, I, I, I don't know, but I can tell you personally about Richmond basketball. And again, these are just, these are just my views. I'd love them for, I'd love for them to move the tournament back. Mm. And I know there'd be so much that would have to happen logistically and, and in terms of TV and, and, you know, um, I, I can't go into detail about that stuff because I truly don't know like how much is tied up in, in TV and stuff. But if they moved the tournament to May or June, we'd at least have uh, until January to see where this thing is. We'd have from now until then to get, 
our games scheduled and to start moving non-conference games around. And the real reason I, I, I would prefer them to move the tournament and work backwards is Richmond basketball. We, we need the non-conference season. You know, we can't just go into league play and then expect for three or four teams to make the NCAA tournament. That's, that's just not how it works. And that's even with the A-10, you know, having some, some good teams. You know, a, a lot of teams return a ton of guys. There should be some, some really good teams. St. Louis is going to be great. Dayton will be back again. You know, will obviously be good. But um, we need our non-conference schedule to really help propel us into um, to have good numbers in the NET and the RPI, and just to be in good standing with the uh, the, the tournament selection committee. So, yeah. you know, I, I just no matter what, I just hope there's a season in some form or fashion, you know, whatever that looks like. But um, if I was choosing, I'd move the whole thing back and allow teams to get the non-conference uh, games in. And again, that specifically helps us as long as we do our part and, and, and win a few games there. Um, but we, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. Cause I don't, you know, COVID doesn't infect people because you're playing a conference only schedule or you're playing out of conference <laughs> opponent. Like it doesn't, you know, it, it, even a travel thing, it's like, you should just delay it to January and do the whole thing back, you know, because it's not mm -hmm. like you're playing just Virginia schools, you know, Dayton and St. Louis, you know, are arguably not any further than going to Kentucky is. So yeah, you know, right. I don't exactly. travel, travel logistic wise in terms of COVID, you know, there's not really any difference. It's, you know, I don't, I don't see why you push it onto a conference only schedule. And like you said, you know, there's a huge, we saw, you know, there's a huge big 10 bias last year with the whole, you know, they got eight, 87 different at large bids out of that conference. And yeah. that's with a non-conference schedule to compare teams. So you know yep. what's going to happen this year how do, how do you compare conferences against each other and you know you look at a team like Kentucky right like a lot of people you know even in several rankings I think Goodman had you guys ahead of Kentucky um mm -hmm. it's a really young team and you know you expect them to be talented but SEC bias you know just the fact that it's Kentucky you know a team like that that could really struggle in March compared to you guys but they could get the nod over you just because of history so I I think they're either going to delay the season and with a non-conference there's no reason to do a conference only schedule in, in my opinion yeah yeah well I I hope you're right uh, I mean if you look at last year you know arguably our win on a neutral floor uh, over Wisconsin really propelled us through the the whole season and you know, that win was being talked about because Wisconsin went on and won the Big Ten uh, as, you know, uh, a huge feather in our cap throughout the whole season. And, and that, that game came so early in our schedule. And so, you know, for us to go conference only, it, it just, you know, strips us of those opportunities. And we've scheduled this year um, in order to give us those opportunities, you know. And, and again, you know, we still need to hold up our end of the bargain and, and go and try to win at, at Rupp and, you know, win at uh, Vanderbilt and, you know, the Mountain West challenge game is at Colorado state. So we've got tough games, but if we come out, you know, on top in a few of those, uh, hopefully it does the, has the same effect as Wisconsin last year. And who, who's really going to be that upset if you sit here and say, okay, we're going to delay till January and get a full season in me. I'm obviously, yeah, I would love for basketball to start in November, but if that can't happen, why would you not want to go ahead and just have a full season? Like you said, coach, push the tournament back, give, give your guys that experience of playing at Rupp arena or playing at these schools that will put them on the map and, We'll just get notoriety throughout the committee, like you said. So, yeah, I'm all for just push it back, get it all in, whatever it takes, because schools like Richmond, uh, conferences like the A-10 need this. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I'm with you. If you guys can make that happen, you know, <laughs> I'll sign the petition. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll text my guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get on. I'll, I'll hit up Bernadette and uh, tell her what's up. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, I also wonder, no one's really talking about, too, you know, what if they almost did what if they did the conference schedule first so that way there's less rescheduling almost do the conference and then reschedule all your non-conference games after then do the tournament in may i think that could be really interesting too um but yeah COVID, COVID aside you know there there are some good things going on you guys like you said you have a really strong schedule this year kentucky circled on there um how do you guys feel you know confidence wise going into this and you know should it should it be played you know your your ncaa tournament chances with such a, a good slate of non-conference games 
Yeah, I mean, we feel we feel great about it. it you know, this is the second year in a row that um, you know we've gotten just about every game that we we want to have on our schedule. It's there, mm-hmm. and um, the strategy going in, knowing the type of teams that we would have both of these years, was to make it as challenging as possible and and really give us those opportunities to to score, you know, quad one or quad two wins, you know, cause when it's, when you boil it down, it's, it's really about that, you know, and how many quad one wins do you have? How many quad one games did you play? How many quad two wins do you have? How many quad And a lot two of wins? good ones on the road too. And, and good ones on the road and good ones on the road. And, and then, you know, you just can't lose quad four games <laughs> is, is uh, a little bit of the uh, equation there. So we, we feel like we've successfully put, together a, a schedule that provides those opportunities again. Um, and, you know, we've got the team where when we say, hey, we're going to Kentucky to play, like no one in the locker room really bats an eye. And I, I mean, they're not overconfident, but we've got the team where you write that up on the board and they're, they're, more, they're excited about it for the right reasons. You know, it's not just the experience anymore. Like these guys have experienced a ton of college games. You know, there's no arena that's going to, you know, really wow them. Um, so it, it's more about going in there and competing and, and trying to win. And they've beaten really good teams before. So um, it, it's the right it's the right team to schedule games like that. And, you know, we're going we're playing five true road games right now. We might add another one or, or maybe another neutral game. So you can't do that with freshmen and sophomores. You know, you, you've got to have older guys that have been through the fire and have been in a ton of different situations. And those guys have been in those games as young guys and they lost them. And now they've been in them as juniors and we won them. And so they're, they're excited. They're, you know, like all of us, they're just hoping for a full season and uh, to get the opportunity to go do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys certainly, you know, aren't afraid of the power conference teams. You guys certainly beat a handful of them last year. And I always look back and I feel like a lot of people really forget that you guys led Auburn at halftime in that game, in that invitation yeah. as well. And I remember watching that. I mean, you guys outplayed the Tigers for, for 20 minutes. You truly did. Um, so, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your career. Obviously, you know, there's a kind of intertwined history between you and Richmond and Air Force and Coach Mooney. Um, you know, of course, you know, some people know you you know, went to the tournament in 2004 with Air Force Academy while Chris Mooney was on the staff, not the head coach. Um, I believe Joe Scott, I think, was the head coach back then. Yep. Yep. Um, who, it's kind of kind of a whole triangle there because then he left to go take the Princeton job. Yep. becomes the head coach at Air Force. And then you obviously end up on, you know, Princeton staff at some point and Richmond's, of course. Uh, yeah, what, what was Chris like as a coach back then? Was he a little bit different than he is now? Uh, yeah, I mean, our, our relationship has certainly changed <laughs> from, yeah. uh, as a, as a player. Um, and that was back, you know, uh, dating myself, but you know, 20 years ago mm-hmm. and, um, it, the, rela- the player coach relationship then was just so much different than it is now, uh, as well. So, um, you know, it wasn't one of these things where it, it wasn't, the Air Force staff, I'll put it this way, it wasn't like a uh, our, our door is always open policy. Yeah. And I think that was for every, you know, for every basketball player back then. It was just a different relationship with your coaches. Now, I will say Coach Mooney was the one guy that we all felt like we could go to if we needed to talk about something or complain about something or uh, which we had a lot to complain about at Air Force. Um, yeah. But it, it was uh, an incredible, you know, four years there playing uh, for him as an assistant and Oh four, you know, we won the mountain West and played North Carolina in the first round, which was in Denver right down the road. And, you know, had a ton of fans there and just incredible. And then I served in the air force for three years. He takes over at air force and then leaves after a year to come to Richmond in Oh five, Oh six. And in 07, I got out of the air force and he had a director of operations spot on his staff open and, offered it to me and, and kind of the rest is history. But yeah, he and, and Joe Scott are my connection to, to Princeton. And then I went and worked for the current head coach at Princeton, Mitch Henderson, for, for four years. And so I, I like to joke, you know, the Princeton 
Princeton basketball is obviously a huge, you know, has a huge tradition, huge history, and they've got a tight, pretty tight knit family of coaches and everything. So I like to say I'm a, I'm like a second cousin to the Princeton family and I've, mm-hmm. I've spent enough time up there and around Princeton guys to, to, to know what they're about. And, and uh, yeah. they're, they're great guys. And yeah, coach Mooney's done a ton for me and, and my career. And he was the main reason that I wanted to come back to Richmond after being at Princeton for four years. Um, you know, he just creates a, such a great family like atmosphere uh, here has obviously been so successful and um, easy guy to work for. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've experienced a lot of, a lot of success together. So it's been great. Yeah. And those are, those are three very different schools. You know, of course you have a military Academy, you've got an Ivy league. And then of course you got Richmond, which is a great academic school. Still not yeah. an Ivy league. It's probably a little bit more fun than a, uh, than a military Academy. Um, you know, first just, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth on that. And no comment. Um, <laughs> When you when you first, I mean, from a basketball and a coaching perspective, and then maybe after you can expand on it personally, you know, what have you taken away as a coach differently from, you know, each of those three schools where, you know, I think there's probably more similarities with Princeton or Richmond, but just between mm-hmm. the three, all different in, in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a, a good question. Like, they all fit in the, the academic box, right? Like, mm-hmm. all three are... are incredibly prestigious schools and so you deal with a lot of the same type of people uh which is is great in recruiting um you deal with players that somebody in their life has put them on that path you know whether it's both of their parents or just their mom an uncle a a a coach or a counselor somebody has really set them up for success you know you wind up at the Air Force Academy, an Ivy League school, or at Richmond, um, you've done something or a lot of things really right, and you probably have a bunch of people looking out for you uh, in your life, you know? So that's kind of the common theme um, throughout. Now, recruiting is much different. Princeton and Air Force are probably the more uh, similar uh, schools in terms of you have to recruit the entire country. And you've got this wide pool, um, but it's it's not that it's not that deep, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the academic standards are are incredibly high, uh, along with the military component at the Air Force Academy, um, and then Richmond. Um, you, you know, across the A10, the academic standards provide. Um, some people look at it as a challenge. I, I look at it as um, you know a, a benefit and something that we really get to promote um, makes us that much more different uh, in the league. But then we get to deal with, again, these, these guys that truly want to be successful on and off the court, uh, I, I think. And not a lot of schools can, can say that. You know, there's some places that are truly basketball factories, and I guess everybody's taking online classes right now, but that isn't the norm at, at Richmond. Uh, yeah. The classes are real and and you know challenging and you've got to want to have that uh be a part of your life as well you got to want to do well in the classroom you got to want to be in a class with only nine other people ten other people there's plenty of student that student athletes that don't want that and that's fine they just we can't recruit them at, at richmond so and again i think that's a huge positive for us and, and something that we get to uh, really promote when we're we're talking to these different players and their families. And I think that's what's led us to the talented guys that we have. And, you know, no, you know, a lot of them, Austin, I don't know if you know or have run into many of them, but um, they're, they're great people, you know, along with really good basketball players. And I don't know if that can be said at every, every institution. Uh, so it's something that we kind of pride ourselves in and, and uh, enjoy you know, if you have them on the podcast, I know quite a few of them have been like, they have something to say and they can verbalize it. And uh, you ask them a question, they've got a pretty thoughtful answer to that question. And so uh, again, a long answer to your, to your question, but I think the schools are very similar in that way, the type of people that are there and then the type of people that they produce. And that's, that's what's been, uh, you know, that's what's kind of attracted me to each of those places. Yeah. I think you made a great point there. Cause I know like, I've interviewed a lot of guys and I've always asked them, you know, I like to talk a lot, whether it's a recruit or a new commit, you know, 
about the on court and then also, you know, what mattered to you off court. Cause like we said, you know, Richmond's got an awesome campus. It's great academically. It's a small school to kind of hear about if that played a factor and, you know, pretty much all of them, no one's going to say I didn't care about academics. They always give you an answer and say, right. yeah, but you can tell some guys are kind of like, yeah, it mattered. And I remember when we did that con with some content with Tyler last summer, like even on and off camera, you just talking, he was serious. Like he was like, academics were really big for him. I've talked to him off court about, you know, he's thinking about life beyond basketball, whether he plays pro or not. Like, like he, he, it really truly does matter. And I think, like you said, you know, that's a guy who could probably have played at some really, really high level schools and you guys fit the bill for him. So it really can be an advantage. Um, as you said, um, to, so to kind of wrap it up, you know, Austin and I kind of a favorite segment of ours we like to do on here is, uh, you know, sports gambling is getting legalized in a lot of different states. Um, you know, we, we won't get you into any uh, tricky waters. I know there's yeah, you know, yeah, NCAA and right stuff. <laughs> so I will, uh, no money involved, but I, I've only got one, one for you today. But over-unders, a little bit of a fun one. Chris Mooney, uh, so I'm going to give you an over-under. You're going to tell me, you're going to pick. Okay. Chris Mooney gets three and a half technical fouls this year over-under. And I think the interesting thing to think about is probably no fans in the building. Does the energy, A, make it awkward because he's angry with the reps and there's no one cheering, or B, does he not get riled up because there are no fans? Yeah. Uh, he, he, Don't worry, he doesn't listen to the show. So, like, you know, he, he definitely will still get riled up. <laughs> it just might not be as – he's not going to need to scream, right? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I hope, I hope it's – I hope we're playing in January and it's packed, right? Yeah. And this all, this all is is done, but it, it doesn't look that way. So, I don't I don't know how many people he's going to have to scream over to get the mm -hmm. officials' attention. Um, but he, he's I, I got I got money on my man. I got him. I got I got the under. I got the under. under. I now here's the thing. I sit right next to him and I hear <laughs> much more than, than than most fans do. So. I'll be the rest too. Um, I'm gonna, I'll say an over on maybe how many technicals he should receive <laughs> if they're actually hearing what I hear. I, have, I think that's a very accurate analysis of the situation. I'd yeah, so. yeah. No, it, it's. I'll tell you this: our whole our whole staff and our team as well, because we're older. You know, a, a younger team doesn't necessarily take things as seriously, and you as coaches, we we feel like you have to impress upon them how uh, quick a season goes by, how important each game is, how important each practice is. You know, a lot of them are coming from high school and AAU where they're playing three games in a day in July and all the, and the games don't matter. And you lost at noon, but you play at three. So, it, you know, who cares? And all of a sudden you get to college and um, it's, it, it's, extremely important and uh you know people's jobs depend on it and uh for them their pride starts to depend on it and uh their reputation starts to depend on it and those things grow over time and so we've got now a team that that i think is going to be more similar to our coaching staff in that the games and the practices and even the scrimmages in our practices everything will be taken much more seriously and not that it ever wasn't but uh it's going to be a different feeling uh, i think it was last year and if it goes up even more it's going to be a very you know business-like approach and those are the teams that win in college gotcha i've got so i've got one last one but austin you got anything you want to go ahead with first so this is kind of an oddball question but i was kind of thinking i was like okay you were at air force mooney was there you're now coaching with mooney could you potentially see somebody, not necessarily on this team, but in your coaching career that, that kind of follows those footsteps that say, God forbid, we don't want you to go anywhere. But if that ever were to happen, could you see somebody on the team now? That, oh, I want to go coach with Marcus. I want to do this. Is there somebody you could specifically see doing that? Is that something you would like to see? Yeah, well, I, I would certainly love, I'd love to see it. Um, not, number one, just, give me the opportunity to be around these guys a little bit longer. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen how coach Mooney and, and, um, and myself, our relationship has, has grown from that player coach. Like I, like I had, I had talked about to what it is now and, you know, um, our family and our kids know each other and it's just something really, really special. You know, we've got again, 20 plus years of, 
time together and a ton of uh, wins and, and, you know, a few NCAA appearances together. So, yeah, I would, I'd love to uh, have one or two of these guys uh, if they would want to get into coaching. The, the one, I, I don't know if he would want to. Um, and, and again, I expect a lot of these guys to go have a pro career uh, somewhere for a long time. And I think Jacob Gilliard uh, is certainly going to be a pro. Um, but he's got a mind for the game that's different than, than most. And, you know, it shows up on the court. Everybody sees it in his steals, right? Like he's, you know, he's playing chess when, when others are playing checkers and, and just kind of sees a few moves ahead. But he's really uh, a student of the game, and, and he's become that more and more as he's grown. Um, and, and so he takes things really, you know, seriously now, wants to watch more film, and wants to, you know, get a scout of the opponent, you know, uh, days in advance. And, um, you know, he knows all of our plays uh, forwards and backwards. And so from that aspect, he could, he could certainly, he could certainly fit the bill. And, and the other one's Nick Sherratt. Um, he, he's got a great mind for the game. Um, and, and I could see him when he, when he does hang up the sneakers, uh, getting him the coaching. He's got a good way about him, uh, you know, easy to talk to. Everybody likes him. Uh, you know, he, he can form a relationship with someone uh, really easy. I think recruiting would come pretty easily to both those guys. So, yeah, it, it, I would love to be around these guys for as long as possible. And if, it, if that'd be the way, I'd love it. So uh, my last question and probably probably the most important question, quite honestly, that, that will be asked on this podcast today is if there aren't fans – What's going to happen with the Bojangles free throws? And should the chicken just go to press row? Because I honestly don't see any other alternative than us getting the chicken. But <laughs> I, it could be a question for Vita. It could be more of a question for him. But that, 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 is, that is more of Vita's alley. But I will, I will say this. Our, our fans are great. And they, they were incredible last year. And, and again, I hope that they're uh, in some form or fashion in the building uh, for this coming season. Cause it would be, it would just be too bad if they weren't able to witness, um, you know, all these seniors and, and all the records that they're going to break in, in some way. So, but I, I will say that the uh, Bojangles free throw gets the loudest <laughs> reaction. Like I, I, when I'm in the huddles and I'm on the bench, like rarely do I hear or notice anything uh, in the on the court at timeouts or in the in the fans, um, but I hear that like every single time, and so I know they love it. And and I'm with you. They should either uh, I don't know how they would do it virtually, but uh, probably just send it right up to press row. I'll, I'll make a note of it. I'll, I'll make a note of it that that uh, Vita needs to get with you on that. Put it put in a good word for us because uh, dining is going to be a little bit funky on campus. We're going to have like time slots for D Hall, so if I can get some free chicken. I'm taking free chicken. So okay, everybody, you know, you know where everybody in the arena loves free chicken. So who doesn't? <laughs> that's that's pretty much it for me, Marcus. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, chopping with us, giving your time. You know, great to see you guys back on campus. Hope everyone stays safe. The family, uh, nothing but the best, man. Good luck this year. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Same to you guys, and uh, thanks again for having me on. Absolutely. Be good, my man. Okay. You too. See you. Thank you guys once again for listening to episode 14 of the Spider Scoop podcast presented by ESPN Richmond. Big shout out to our guy Marcus Jenkins. Big thanks to him for taking his time to come on the show. Really had a lot of fun with that interview. Um, So we'll see you all next week. Uh, In the meantime, as always, you can follow me on Instagram and and Twitter at NoahGoldberg10 and Austin at AustinDaisy11. Go check us out on those platforms for uh, exclusive Spider basketball content. And we will see you guys next week. Bitches. We the best music. Another one. Yeah. Another one. DJ Khaled. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter, Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Hey, shorty with the long text, I don't talk. Shorty with the long legs, she don't walk. Yeah, last year I kept it on the tuck. Ayy, 2020, I came to fuck it up. Yeah. 
I want a long life, a legendary one. I want a quick death and an easy one. I want a pretty girl and an honest one. I want this drink and another one. Yeah, and I'm troublesome. Yeah, I'm a pop star, but this shit ain't bubblegum. Yeah, you would probably think my manager is Scooter Braun. Yeah, but my manager with 20 hoes and Budokan. Yeah, hey, look. Ariana, Selena, my visa. It can take as many charges as it needs to, my girl. That shit platinum just like all of my releases, my girl. Niggas come for me, I tear them all to pieces, my girl. I'ma show your sexy ass what relief is, my girl. Please don't take no shit that's about to have you geeking. And I'm not driving nothing that I gotta stick the keys in. Wonder how I got this way, I swear I got the bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up, nah, stop. Run the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Watch her, said she rep a whole different block, so I blocked her. Busy at the crib, cooking salmon with the lobster. If we talking joints, it's just me and David Foster. Bodyguards don't look like Kevin Costner, you tweaking. Just pulled up to Whitney Houston, Texas for the evening. They tell the same story so much they start to believe it. The ones that start like Drizzy shit was cool, but we even. Man, how the fuck? Two, four, six, eight. Watch this factory so they appreciate. Crown in my hand and I'm really playing. Keep away. Shit don't even usually get this big without a beaver face. Nah, nah. Piece of cake. Nah, nah. Turks and cake. Yeah, yeah. Go and get your friends. We can sneak away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I keep a. Like I keep the faith. Wonder how I got this way. Swear I got them. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter. Yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out. Nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter. Yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out. Nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.